Hello everyone and welcome back to Game Develop Repeat. I'm your host Chris and today we're talking about a game that just released, Age of Wonders 4. As soon as I started to really sink my teeth into Age of Wonders 4, I realized that I would have to talk about it in this podcast because it executes really well on stuff that I didn't even know needed improvement. It has improved so many things that I thought were fine, that I thought were just a a natural consequence of the genre that were unavoidable. It has improved so so many small details that i thought i just had to live with and it was just like oh no we got that's out of the way now you don't have to deal with that it's like if every single meal you've eaten your entire life has had too much pepper in it and then one day somebody's just like oh you don't need to add like two tablespoons of pepper to that and they just like take it out and you're like oh what is this what is what are these other flavors that i'm tasting i can enjoy the game now like it it removed all these tiny little nagging things in some of the previous games which by the way I love. I could go I could do an entire episode on every single game in this series probably. I would have to replay some of them cuz it's been way too long. I mean, I've been playing them over the course of my whole life, but I love this series. I think they're fantastic games. Um but boy they had too much pepper in them, so to speak. And the pepper that I'm talking about is tiny annoying interface issues and things that slow down the gameplay unnecessarily that feel kind of necessary but are not actually and let me get specific about that Uh, sorry i should give you a brief brief overview of what the age of wonders series is this series is a series of large-scale tactical turn-based strategy games and the easiest way for me to explain it to you is by saying that they are like a mashup of a game like Civilization with a game like uh, Final Fantasy Tactics or um, like Front Mission 3 or, or Fire Emblem. So that each time you enter combat, you enter a tactical combat like you would in something like Final Fantasy Tactics. And at the same time, you have a large-scale global map where you're managing cities, negotiating with people, dealing with independent tribes, exploring, uh, gathering resources, and all that stuff, navigating tech trees, casting magic, all that stuff uh, on the large scale, and then you enter individual battles. I I love the battles in this game, just by the way. Uh, okay, that's that's as much of a summary as I'm going to give you of the series. You can look into it. Uh, they are great. There's a large number of entries. The The one sci-fi one is pretty cool. Most of them, they're all fantasy, in, even including the sci-fi one has got some fantasy vibes to it. But the sci-fi one is Planetfall. It's pretty good. Uh, I like a lot of what it's doing, even though it is a departure from the previous games. And I think it's a good departure that led to some really cool stuff in Age of Wonders 4. Let's talk about these tiny improvements that Age of Wonders 4 makes. The first one I noticed was a UI change where they took a system 
that was normally buried away in a menu within a menu and instead put it directly on the map. It only pops up when necessary and it's great. There's just a little button that you click on the map when it pops up. It's very clear. It's very obvious. You get to know what it does very easily. It's a beautiful UI change. And I likened it to the the moment in war strategy games when they started using right click to let you move. It's like, oh, why did we have to click a move button and then left click again? Why didn't we ever just map this to right click? Boom. Now it's mapped to right click and the game is infinitely more playable and enjoyable. I think that is what they've done with a lot of these changes is they've done these little things that you haven't really thought about before. And then they put it into the game and boom, it works perfectly. I will say, because I don't dig deep enough in this genre, these changes could already be in other games in the genre. And I could just not know. I have not played the most recent civilization game. Maybe this is in there. I don't know. Um, I'm just going off of the changes from the previous Age of Wonders title, Planetfall, to this one, Age of Wonders 4. Uh, another change, there's so there's auto-scouting in this game, which I've always loved. I appreciate that they have a way to set your scouts to auto-explore because, my God, what a nuisance clicking every turn to explore with all your scouts. Like, it can be a pain, so you want to use the auto-explore. Here's the cool thing. In the previous games, it would zoom in on your scout, show you their movement, have you confirm. It would like kind of like show you everything the scout was doing. In this game, by default, it does not do that. I don't know if there's a way to change that setting, just by the way. It doesn't do that, though. It doesn't force you to watch every scout move. It only shows you what they like discover when it is significant. It's like, oh, yeah, they're scouting, whatever. You don't need to worry about it. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> I don't need to. It slows down the game so much. Um, another factor within the battles, the enemy turns go so much quicker. The default speed for the enemy movement is just like so much better. All the enemies basically move at once. It's beautiful. I don't know who changed that design. It used to be like, oh God, now I get to watch every enemy move really slowly. Now they just kind of move in sync. They all just go whoop and you're like, oh, great. And then when they're actually at a point where they are going to be attacking you, then it takes the turns more appropriately. Then you go, oh, and you can see each thing they're doing. But for the first turn or two, they just kind of move, uh, not not as a unit, like they're still taking turns, but they move much more quickly and efficiently. And like, it's just, it saves so much time. And oh my God, is that important in a game like this? These games take forever to play. It's just part of the genre is that these you're managing so many things. These are slow games, right? And anything you can do to get rid of this like dead time where you're doing nothing is fantastic. I think they must have had somebody on this design team who was just like, this is nonsense. This I'm impatient. I want this done. We can't just be sitting here waiting for these guys to move. We've got to integrate something that makes this faster paced like i know we're making a slow paced game but that doesn't mean that we need to waste people's time and whoever <laughs> whoever on this team noticed that there were all these moments that were spending time that everybody was just accepting and dealing with whoever took care of that and like pushed for that thank you because oh my god this game is so much more enjoyable i'm so happy about how much more playable this game is just from all these minor changes here's here's another one 
whenever your hero levels up in the previous titles, your hero would level up and it would give you like 10 points, five or 10, I think it was five. It would give you five points. And then there were skills that you could purchase in like the level up menu. And they were like strange numbers. So some of them were like eight, some were like five, three, two. And you had to allocate your points to choose these other things and you could save up points. And it was this whole thing. The new level up system, you get one point, you pick one skill and the skills are divided into categories that are much more of like, uh, they're much more reminiscent of a skill tree like if you spend multiple points within one category it unlocks more things within that category it helps me structure the way i level up my heroes it helps me specialize them in a different way yes there are going to be some drawbacks gameplay wise at some point fine but oh my god do i love how much more playable that is it, it all of these minor frustrations that i've had that i didn't know that i had are gone. There are so many, like, I, I don't feel like I'm navigating a million menus. There are still a million menus because of the genre, but I don't feel like I'm constantly buried in menus. I don't feel so frustrated. Even the, oh, okay, this is huge. This is going to be the last one on this topic. The previous games have a system where each city has an amount of production and you use that production to build things, including recruiting units. Um, and it's, it, it never occurred to me how weird that was. I was always just like, Oh, I have to choose between creating units or upgrading my tech and like building buildings. This game lets you, uh, recruit units and build buildings at the same time which makes sense because it's a city. There are going to be people training. There are going to be people building. People are doing different things. It's fine to have two different production queues for one city, one making city improvements, one building military. It's not all or nothing. They just give you a separate resource for the rate at which you produce military units. And it seems like there might be, I haven't dug into this yet, but there might be a system in which your some of the units you can produce are automatically able to be produced at every city instead of only the city that has a specific building and whatnot. Like I think some units are like uh civilization wide, which is really nice. I haven't dug enough into that. I've got to dig deeper into that and see the details, but I like the idea of just making things easier to navigate in that way. There's also, you can build, okay, one more, sorry. I've, I'm just so in love with all these tiny changes and it's, Oh my God, it's such an, it's such an amazing improvement on so many, in so many ways. Um, last thing about the tiny improvements. And then one more thing about the game after that, about the, the changes from previous titles and things that might not make you love the game. And then we're moving on. So this last tiny improvement is road building in all these games. You've had to build a specialized unit to lay out roads and it's been like dangerous and it's all this stuff in this game you just you get you unlock a certain ability and then all your units have a button you can click that makes them put down roads wherever they're walking and it costs you three gold per tile i think so then you can just lay out roads it's useful. You'll actually do it. It's not like this weird tiny thing that only a few players figure out how to do. And like, it's not this incredibly weird, complicated, hard thing to navigate. Like instead it's just, Oh, I want roads. Boom. Roads. Spend money. Get roads. Done. 
it doesn't technically make sense that any guy can just throw down a road, but it, I don't know, it kind of does, right? You're trampling on some some stuff. It works for me. I'm not mad at it not being like some construction vehicle building the roads. I'm fine with just a bunch of horses make a road. That works. Armies should be able to like make a path that they can easily travel. I'm a big fan. Last thing, in case you are somebody who is interested in the game and isn't sure whether or not it's for you, quick, quick little details. Uh, this game is less story driven, less campaign driven than previous games. As far as I can tell, again, I am only five hours deep. I have not even finished what is basically Tutorial Island because that is how this works. That is how these games are for me. Uh, there has been some discussion of crashes and instability in the game. They put out a hotfix very quickly, um, which did cover my graphics card. And, and after I saw that my graphics card was on the hotfix, then I was like, oh, okay, well, now I'm comfortable buying it and giving it a shot. Um, so there, there's a chance that there's some kind of crashes going on. Uh, server instability is probably a thing. I don't really engage with the multiplayer that much, especially not just starting out. Although I should, that would be really fun. Um, yeah, those, those are the disclaimers. There's like, you know, dig into it a little bit. Make sure the game is for you. But I strongly recommend looking at this series if you have any interest in... Uh, UI design <laughs> honestly like just looking into the changes between Planetfall which is great and has a pretty good UI uh the changes from Planetfall to this game um there's there's so much that I've probably not even noticed yet and I'm just so impressed by it I I mean I cannot say thank you enough to whoever designed the little details in this game because they've they've optimized the gameplay loop that's how i'm going to put it they've, they've optimized the design of this gameplay loop to the point where there's not as many like there's not as many like rocks in my shoe playing this game i feel like i just got a million rocks out of my shoe and i had no idea they were there and now i can enjoy going on a walk that's the difference between the previous titles and this one and i love the previous titles it's crazy how much of an improvement that is for me. Okay, that, that's what I have to say about the game. Let's talk about how we can apply these lessons to our own game development. And I am sure that we can, because there's a lot to learn here. I have two major questions stemming from this game. The first one is how can I notice the tiny annoyances in my game's design? If I was numb to the tiny annoyances in, in somebody else's game, how am I ever going to notice the tiny annoyances in my own game? I think one part that's worth acknowledging is I don't think I was completely numb to it. I think I was just not paying enough attention to my feelings and being very forgiving of things and, and blaming it on genre. I think there's a lot of, oh, well, it's the genre, right? This happens. It's part of the genre. There's still one thing that I blame on genre, actually. Tutorials. I still look at these games and the tutorials drive me insane in like all of these games, including Age of Wonders 4. I think the tutorial is a little over the top. It's a little too much. Uh, and I look at this and I go, oh, well, it's the genre. I don't think it is. I think it's just really, really hard 
to design around that. Like I think the, the tutorials, fixing the tutorials in this genre would be a massive undertaking. Um, but how would I notice tiny annoyances, tiny annoyances, excuse me, in my own game's design? I think noticing when I'm making a tiny excuse, just a little like, oh, that's just part of the genre. Oh, that's just how the controls are. Like, oh, WASD is, you know, is just what we do. And like, this is a consequence of using that, right? Like little things where I go, oh, I'm doing, and actually WASD is pretty great. Um, okay, but, but <sighs> assumptions, right? Questioning assumptions, finding things that are like, oh, I, I'm making an assumption here. What if we get rid of that? And that's tricky. And I think there are, there are things that can help you notice those assumptions and then notice tiny annoyances that are buried within them. Uh, I think having other people play your game is huge. I think just trying different things is huge too. Sometimes we don't notice a tiny annoyance because we can't see it because of where we're facing. Like it's right behind you. And if you just try something different, you know, rotate 90 degrees to the left, suddenly the annoyance is in your periphery. And you're like, wait, is that always there? And you're like, oh, wait, it is. It is always there. I just don't notice it. And you get rid of it and you feel at ease, even though it wasn't directly affecting you. It was just like it was just like a little chunk of cheese, like blue cheese sitting in the room, making it smell a little bit. And you were paying attention to what you were looking at. Um, kind of an odd analogy, but I think you understand where I'm coming from there. Of like, if you're focusing on one thing, something else might be bothering you and you might not even notice. Like you might not notice the smell of, of blue cheese if you're focused on visuals, <laughs> right? You're like, wow, that wall is really white. Why don't I like this room? It's because there's something rotting away in the corner of the room and the room smells bad. That's what I'm trying to say. I think not hyper focusing on one element so that you could look at the game as a whole experience and notice what gets in the way if somebody is new to the genre what are they going to notice what's going to bother them what's going to keep them from wanting to play what is what is the stumbling point for a new player who has never played a game before and while you can't make it super, super easy for somebody to play a game for the first time in your game within some genres, right? Some genres are just like a uh, a game for people who've been playing for a longer time, who have kind of gotten bored with the the very basic stuff. Uh, if if you want to make your game smooth for the advanced players, you need to make it at least digestible for everybody, because even the advanced players are going to have these weird little things where they're like, they just don't know something. There's just a knowledge gap, right? Somebody's just going to be like, oh, I, I just didn't know that. I've never used that before. And if you make that thing very smooth, obvious, and easy to use in your game, it's going to be a better experience. Uh, this is the other question I have. What makes for a smooth user experience? Uh, I would say extreme extreme attention to where the rough patches are. And that's not to say you have to get rid of every rough patch in your game, but as far as I think you need to know where the rough patches are and you need to navigate that appropriately. And sometimes that means sanding out the rough patch. Sometimes that means 
putting just a little a little bit of a propulsion before the rough patch, a little something to make the player want to push through it. But the the smooth I think the smooth experience comes from uh attention to detail, attention to polish and getting just the tiny tiny Oh, here's what it is. The things that you interact with non-stop. The things that you are constantly interacting with those need to be easy, quick, accessible, and satisfying. I think any button that you're constantly clicking needs to make sense. It needs to be highly, um, it needs to read very clearly is what I'm trying to say. It needs to read very clearly. Any menu that you're always going in and out of needs to, well, one, you need to go, do we even need this menu? Is there a way to do this without this menu at all? And then two, if you do need the menu, which you very well might, how do I make this menu as instinctive as possible? How do I make it so that you look at this menu and you just understand? And then if somebody happens to not understand, do they know what to do to find out the answer to their questions? That's the other part is like, have it be pretty instinctual, have it be pretty like automatic. And then if somebody's confused by it, because we all have different like frameworks that we're working from, where can they find the information? I think that's very important. Uh, that's all I've got to say about the game. My own development this week was basically bug squashing. I just squashed a ton of bugs, just nothing but bugs. And then I did add a timer, a level timer to the game and a kind of a kill counter which was not as complicated as I thought it would be, but also not extremely easy. The timer was actually harder than I thought it would be. The kill counter was easier than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, I don't know what the... Oh, I had to figure out how to do like a monospace font because my font on the timer was jiggling around everywhere. It was really crazy. So pro tip, pro tip, yeah, right. Rookie tip, uh, if you have... Uh, I, I just, I, I cannot call myself a pro. Uh, if you have font that is jiggling around everywhere as it updates, uh, you're going to want to use a, a font that is equally spaced for every character because otherwise you're going to have a mess. Um, that was a fun one. It was kind of, it was genuinely fun. It wasn't like difficult fun. It was, I was looking at it and it looked like my screen had been possessed by a demon and it was very funny to watch the font just, just absolutely going insane. Also, uh, mathf.floor is completely different from mathf.round. And for some reason, for like 10 minutes, I kept thinking that rounding was the same thing as rounding down. They're not the same. And so I ended up getting negative numbers. It was weird. It was it was such a foolish mistake, but I was tired. I needed a nap, uh, but I was able to figure it out without a nap. I just, I think, um, I think maybe I just should have gotten more sleep that day and it would have been fine. <laughs> all right, that's all I've got to say about development. Let's move on to this week's tip. This week's tip for sustainability is in contrast with the rest of this episode. We just talked about noticing all the tiny details, noticing all the tiny annoyances, noticing every little detail and controlling for these tiny, tiny things within the game. The tip for this week is sort of the reverse, and it is don't sweat the small stuff. 
right? It is take a breath, take a step away from it. Look at the big picture. Uh, I think even in the tiny details we were talking about throughout this episode, they're tiny details that affect the big picture dramatically. And like, I get that. But also step away from the tiny details and look at the big picture. See if it's actually having an impact on the big picture. And I'm not just talking about within the game design itself. I'm talking about within uh, whatever major career thing is going on. Look at it and go, do I need to be worrying about these little details? Do I need to be freaking out about this little thing going on? Uh, or can I take a step back, look at the big picture and say, oh, this is going to resolve itself in a week. Can I take a step back and go, oh, this is going to be a frustrating phase and then we're going to get through it. Like, can we step back and take it easy on ourselves and make significant progress by not trying to control every small bit of the process? That is everything that I've got for you this week. Uh, I hope you have a good week. Have fun, play some games, and create some stuff. I will talk to you next time.